0: Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. So last time I preached, I spoke through verse 4 of Jude, so today I'm going to continue on to verse 5, but before I do that, I want to go back to verse 4 for a minute. Uh, So just as a reminder, verse 4 says, For certain people have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people, who pervert the grace of God, the grace of our God, into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. Um, This is just Jude's basic thesis statements. It's an introduction for the rest of the book. There are these people who have come into the church, who have (coughs) taken root in the church and have tried to lead people astray. And distort the grace of God and deny Christ. Um, Then verses 5 through 16, that I'm going to get to later um, in a minute, uh, then take this idea and tie it back to reality. Um, He gives uh, practical and historical examples that just kind of bring it all, wrap it all up, and say, okay, this is what we see in the past, and now it's happening still. so these false, the false teachers and wickedness within God's people is not a new thing in Israel. We've already seen one example with what Jared read this earlier um, in Jeremiah 23. Uh, said verse, where's uh, yeah, uh, verse 13, In the prophets of Samaria I saw an unsavory thing. They prophesied by Baal and led my people Israel astray. So even the prophets back then were leading people astray. They were false teachers, prophets, and the priests. And um, they were meant to shepherd and guide the people of Israel. Uh, so Judas speaking on a level that these saved Jews could understand. He's uh, writing to Jewish people, um, and it is, he's practical. And it's one that we can also now understand because we can look back through the Old Testament and see, hey, this is what's happening. Uh, So he's a practical guy. He wants these Israelite believers to understand what he's saying because of how important his message is. And so what better way to do that than to give relatable examples? But before I go on to verse 5, let's pray one more time. Dear Lord, thank you that we can come to your word and learn from it and read it and grow together in it. Please give me wisdom in speaking it and preaching it that it would impact everyone that's here. Uh, thank you for your grace and your mercy and salvation through Jesus Christ. And help us to be able to have discernment and staying away from those things that would lead us astray. In your name. Uh, so, starting in verse 5, it says. Now I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus, who saved the people out of the land, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels, who did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains, under gloomy darkness, until the judgment of that great day. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah, and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. Yet in like manner, these people, also relying on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. But when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, The Lord you. But those But pe- these people, blaspheme all that they do not understand, and they are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning an- animals, understand instinctively. Woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain and abandoned, abandoned themselves for the sake of gain to Bala- Balaam's error and perished in court of rebellion. These are hidden reefs at your love feasts as they feast with you without fear, shepherds feeding themselves, waterless clouds slept, swept along by winds, trees in late autumn, twice dead, uprooted wild waves of the sea, casting up the foam of their own shame, wandering stars for whom the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved forever. It was also about these things that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, saying, behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on all, and to convict all the ungodly deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers, malcontents, following their own sinful desires. They are loudmouth boasters, showing favoritism to gain advantage. So, verse 5, he gives three kind of examples for how, uh, three practical historical examples of this wickedness that is kind of infiltrated the church. So, example one, uh, Jesus saved the people out of Egypt, and then later destroyed those who did not believe uh, this is in, in line with the practicality of Jews' uh, mentality. He, he starts with Israel. He starts kind of close to home. He says, "You've seen this before, and you know the consequences." This is your people. Uh, he's making sure that the readers of his letter understand that these false teachers claim Christianity as well. So, I mean, all these people were part of Israel, the nation. But then they, they still were destroyed because they weren't part of Israel, part of God's people. Um, Israel knew well from firsthand hand perspectives that the other nations around them did not have God's favor. I mean, they could see from around them. And then the same, the same way we can see the blatant sin and denial of God throughout our culture, it is not. it's easy to see that stuff. So what's hard to see is just a small twist in Christian, in our Christian circles that might throw the whole thing off. Um, we really need to be careful of that. So, and then the second example says, And the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority but left their proper dwelling he is kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. These were the angels who sinned against God. And it, it seems like the sin that he's referring to is found in Genesis 6, 1 through 4. So, will just read that really quick. Uh, this is right before Noah and the flood. Uh, it says, When man began to multiply on the face of the land, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive, and they took as their wives any they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His day shall be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of man, and they bore children to them. These were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. So if you're just saying here that these sons of God were angels who came down and had sexual relations with the women during during the time, and then created these man God things, uh, and so that that's what sin that that's the sin that Jude is talking about here. Uh, they the angels left their proper sphere where God had put them and um, denied God's authority in that way and came down and had an intercourse with this women, and then similar to Jude's previous. Example, Jude's point is that everyone who sins will be judged, even the angels. It's not limited to those who claim to be part of God's people. It's not, limited, not excluding angels. It's everyone. Uh, these ideas were very well known within Jewish culture at the time through the book of Enoch and Jewish tradition. And he take, grabs a lot from that in these verses uh, from the book of Enoch. And he says it even later, verse 14, um, But he's doing that to relate to them. He's not saying that these things should be included as inspired scripture, in the canon of scripture. He's saying that uh, it doesn't mean that he accepted every aspect of Jewish thought and culture as true. Uh, So it's kind of similar to what Paul did in the Um, In Acts, Acts seventeen, when he spoke to the Areopagus, the um, basically he was in Athens and he was brought before. He went before these smart men of Athens and he preached the gospel to them. But in while doing that, he recited this poem that was uh, common for their time that they could understand that they could relate to, and then he brought it back to Christ. Then his third example here, in verse 7, uh, Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulge in sexual immorality and pursue unnatural desire, serve as an example by undergoing punishment of eternal fire. So remember the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, these two angels, God sent these two angels to Sodom and Gomorrah, where Lot, who was Abraham's nephew, was living, and he sent them there to save Lot from the incoming judgment of the of the uh, cities because they were so wicked and evil. And then, as these angels came, the people wanted to uh, have intercourse with them. Uh, they wanted to sexually have that. Uh, so, and Jude links. This um, this example with the previous one as well. He says uh, uh, he says which likewise indulged in sexual immorality, just as the angels did. Uh, it also it says that they pursued an unnatural desire uh, in verse seven. Jewish indulged in sexual immorality, and pursued unnatural desire more literally in the original greek they went after other flesh so uh, usually taken to mean homosexuality these men were chasing after these they didn't know they were angels but they were chasing after these other men and Judas condemning that that goes a lot against culture today um, Jude uses Sodom and Gomorrah as his final example, final practical historical example, as an example of the upcoming judge and punishment of the, these wicked men that had come into the church. He ends with that. Um, so now we need to also understand that Jude's explanations shouldn't be taken 100% literally. He's not saying that these false teachers are having with sexual relations with angels. He's simply warning against God's punishment for sin. You can't take it quite that literally. Um, So we've got three examples. Israel in the wilderness being freed from Egypt, the sin of the angels, and then Sodom and Gomorrah and their wickedness and destruction. Now verse 8, moving on, it moves away from Jude's examples and focuses more specifically on the sin committed by these adversaries that had snuck into the church. Uh, keeping with this theme of threes, it pops up a lot, uh, Jude provides three sins that the adversaries commit and justify based on their dreams. So, uh, verse 8 says, Yet in like manner, these people also, relying on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. So, first, they defile the flesh. Uh, these people appeal to their dreams. That's what it says. It um, says, To justify their sexual promiscuity Uh, and as is the case with all three they didn't think they were sinning they came in and they're not they think they're following God they think these dreams they're justifying these dreams we don't know exactly what the dreams are or what that means but they're taking these dreams and saying okay God gave me this dream so I think this is okay um Second, they reject authority. They reject God and deny Christ uh, through their sin. And then they blaspheme the glorious ones. And this seems to be a really strong parallel with verse 9, Come the next verse. Um, and if that's the case, then we must assume that Jude is talking about blaspheming fallen angels, not the good ones. Uh, Verse 9 says, But when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, The Lord rebuked you. So even Michael, the archangel, wouldn't blaspheme against the devil. Uh, so this connection between verses 8 and 9 seems to be that the intruders have been openly blaspheming fallen angels well Michael the archangel won't, won't do it even even when they're arguing over the body of Moses he says uh, instead he says the Lord rebuke you so where in the world did you even get this story it's kind of a weird one uh, we don't really know it seems that the story came from a book called The Assumption of Moses but whether or not this is true it's not known for sure since we don't have the original manuscript um, Some people find that the fact that Jude references a book outside of Scripture means that that book should be part of Scripture, but again, it doesn't mean that. It just means that he's taking from the culture and he's saying this relates back to what you've been hearing. Uh, He just uses outside sources to make his point. He's not trying to say that they should be considered Scripture. And then verse 10 kind of seals this connection between verse 8 and 9 by saying that unlike Michael the archangel, these intruders blaspheme all that they do not understand. It says but these people blaspheme all that they do not understand and they are destroyed by all that they like unreasoning animals understand instinctively. There's kind of some irony here because, uh, remember these people thought that they knew what God knew, they were following God. They thought that they were doing what God had said with their dreams. They were, God had given them these dreams and this was okay. But he's saying they don't understand what they're doing. Uh, they, uh, and so in their ignorance, they're blaspheming against these glorious ones. So then in response, verse 11, he says, Woe to them, woe to the false teachers who have crept into the church. And once again, he categorizes as well into three types of men. So he uses the examples of Cain. First, he begins chronologically with Cain. He was the first one, first major example in the Bible of sin after the fall. Uh, he, when he killed, he killed his brother Abel. Uh, he does not mean that he's. People are physically murdering people can't take too literally again but that they are products of the sin of man uh, then second he uses the example of Balaam and he says that they abandon themselves for the sake of gain their goal here is not the glory of Christ their goal is greed and sin in an effort to make profit and then third and final, finally he, speak, uh, he uses Korah as an example. Uh, the account of Korah is found in number 16 and Korah was actually a priest and he tried to usurp the priest's authority and kind of defect and almost create a sort of a cult thing. And then God swallowed Korah and everybody to follow them into the earth. Uh, these false teachers seem to have a large problem with the authority of God and the church over them just like Korah did with uh, the high priest he was a priest but he couldn't sit under the authority of the priest or God and as a result they deserve the judgment that God inflicted on Korah and then verse 12 continues to describe these intruders um, he describes them more in like uh, physical terms he says that they are hidden reefs that you love peace they are concealed and dangerous for anyone who is unsuspecting just like a ship running aground on a reef. If you're not looking out for it and watching, then you're, you probably won't, will sink. Uh, they blended in. They went to their feasts. They did. They went to church. They went to this and that. And this. They looked like they were saved. They looked Christian when really they were dangerous. Um, then second, they are shepherds feeding themselves. Even though they look like they're shepherds Shepherds don't feed themselves. They're meant to take care of the flock. They're not taking care of the flock. They only focus on themselves, and they let sheep go astray. Um, finally, Jude says that these people are useless and push back and forth in the wind like a cloud without rain. They're fruitless like dead trees that have been pulled from the ground. They're reckless like the waves of the ocean and only bringing themselves shame and they are lost forever and hopeless like a star within the utter darkness of space. Uh, verse 14, moving on, he's, he's, would kind of run into two familiar things again. First, he's re- referencing Enoch. So again, we can't, can't say that Enoch it was the book of Enoch, is scripture. He's using it as a tool to help further his point. And second he's saying something very similar to what he said already in verse 4, that these judgment of the false teachers has been destined from the beginning. It's important to note um, that the point of the message remains the same whether or not That the section of Enoch that he quoted was true. And whether or not it was true, the message still remains the same either way. Do believe that Enoch's prophecy was concerning the same false teachers that he was now trying to deal with, and he was convinced and comforted by the fact that God would come to judge all the ungodliness of men. Like verse 15 says, God will come to execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly of their deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way and of all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. If God is a just just, just God he will punish those who sin against him. And in verse 16 he says that these people are grumblers, malcontents following their own sinful desires they are loud mouth boasters showing favoritism to gain advantage. Now the problem for us is that everyone falls into this category. Romans says that there is none righteous, no, not one. We deserve God's judgment. But yet God had mercy on us and sent his Son to cover our sin. Um, and that's amazing. It's miraculous. So let's pray and then continue to praise him with our last song. Dear Lord, thank you that again that we can read your word. Forgive us for our sins and help us, again, to stay away from false teachings and being led astray. Give us discernment in that area. Um, Thank you for your grace and your mercy through your son. That you died for us and that we can have redemption and restoration through him. uh, Even though we are poor and broken. Listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at redeemerbaptistpanama.com, or you can like us on Facebook.